Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special podcast series hosted by the CRISPR Journal and brought to you by Horizon Discovery. I'm Kevin Davis, the executive editor of the CRISPR Journal, and in this series, we're discussing a range of important topics in the area of CRISPR functional genomics. And I'll introduce my special guest, Christina Girelli from Horizon, in just a moment. This podcast is sponsored by Horizon Discovery, the leader in CRISPR functional genomics, offering a large portfolio of CRISPR screening tools, reagents, and cell line generation. Horizon, inspired cell solutions. So my guest today, all the way from Cambridge, England, is Christina Girelli, PhD. She is the team leader in immuno-oncology in the R&D department at Horizon Discovery, uh, an Italian expat who trained at the Marie Curie Institute in Paris for several years, uh, and then after a couple of postdocs and a spell in industry, joined Horizon at the end of 2015. Hello, Christina. Hi. Hi, everybody. A uh, warm welcome to you. So before we dive into uh, some, some questions about T-cell screening in particular, um, maybe just could you briefly summarize your, your day-to-day role at Horizon? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you very much, Kevin, for your introduction. Yes. So as you just said, I'm here in Horizon since around three years. And since the, the very beginning, my role here is team leader and manager of the immune oncology group. The group started very small and then it grew up very quickly. So we are now around five, six scientists working on internal programs. Mm. And uh, we do aim to transfer all the knowledge that Horizon has acquired over the last uh, 10 years into cancer cells. We aim to, uh, to transfer these into primary immune cells. So the role is quite challenging. There is a lot of op- optimization to do and a lot of crosstalk uh, between different groups in, within Horizon, one of those being the functional genomic screening group. Fantastic. So we're here to talk about screening immune cells. And I think the first question is, what what do you consider to be the biggest challenges that researchers face when screening immune cells? Yeah, I think uh, that's a question I can answer quite easily in the sense that when I started here, there was no immunology expertise in Horizon. So I think my first six months in working with immune cells to set up screenings were really six months of challenges. Yeah. And uh, in general, I would say that one of the most important thing to keep in in mind and to consider is the availability of human material and the limited number of immune cells that we can uh, we can work when uh, uh, taking those from patients or healthy donors. So the material is a limiting factor as well as the cost of reagents. Uh, so immunologists know that immunology is an expensive science. Yes. And also we talk about different type of immune cells. So we have different type of biology to work with. We have in within what we call immune cells, we have different type of cells that are that can be extremely different in characteristics. We talk about proliferating cells. We talk about cells that don't have the ability to proliferate once extracted from the blood. Mm. We are working with cells that are in suspension versus adherent. So all these makes these cells unique. And this means that the protocols we are using, the screening protocols we are setting up, needs to be adapted to every different immune cell type. Thank you. Great. So I know you want to talk about uh, lentiviral T-cell screening. And my first question on that is, how does pooled lentiviral T-cell screening differ from past T-cell screens? What are the advantages? Right. So a pooled screen is based on lentiviral infection and lentiviral delivery of the guide RNA library of choice. Mm. 
And this is extremely important because the lentiviral delivery will lead to an integration of this construct. And then the next generation sequencing is the technique of choice to read, uh, to mine the data that we get out from the lentiviral-based screen. Mm. Now, historically, uh, the majority of the screen previously run in this type of cells were mainly arrayed. So arrayed screens are an extremely powerful tool to mine into uh, immune cell as well as other cell types, but they have some sort of limitation. For example, they can be very quickly extremely expensive and the number of cells required may be a limiting factor as well as the scalability of this array. So the big advantage of a pooled screen is that it's very easy to scale up and to go to whole genome. And mining a whole genome data set is extremely uh, important when running this type of screen. As I just mentioned, the next generation sequencing is the readout of choice. And NGS is a very powerful technique for quantification of a given genotype. And also one of the big advantage of this pooled lentiviral screen is that that we can combine the proliferation readout, which is the most used for this type of screen, to other type of readout, which we call phenotypic readout, so uh, that are based mainly on flow cytometry readout. So it's a kind of combining different aspects of different type of screens that make this pooled screen very much uh, a powerful tool for TSAS these days. Very nice. Uh, I'm speaking with Christina Girelli, a team leader in immuno-oncology R&D at Horizon Discovery. Uh, Christina, next question. What are the implications of this new screening application for immunology research, especially in hot areas like immuno-oncology and autoimmunity studies? Right. I guess um, I guess everything we have been learning so far in the cancer field uh, that is coming from the knowledge we have built around the screening cancer cells can be directly translated into immune cells. So everything that is... Um, that we can study f uh, with this functional genomic screening, like target identification, for example, is a new hot area, a hot topic that we can now um, study from the immunology perspective. Mm. When we talk about target identification, of course, in immunology, we think about checkpoint inhibitors. We have now clinical evidence that these checkpoint inhibitors work to treat some subtype of cancer. So there is a massive interest from the target identification point of view in immunology. There is a lot of interest in using those type of screen for drug gene interaction study. This is very important for everything that is around patient stratification, for example, both in immunology and autoimmunity. And another example that I can give you is the use of this functional genomic screen to improve the design of genetically reprogrammed cell-based therapies. So in the field of immunology, when we talk about cell-based therapy, we talk about CAR T cells. Those are chimeric antigen receptor T-cells that are yep. used to target the T-cells toward the cancer and kill the cancer cells. In the field of autoimmunity, this can be everything that is around the biology of regulatory T-cells. Those are cells that are known to maintain the peripheral tolerance and they've been shown to be essential in controlling autoimmunity. So there is a very large spectrum of application that can be uh, thought for immune oncology or autoimmunity studies. Okay, great. How can researchers then get started with a pooled lentiviral T-cell screen? 
So I think uh, the most important thing that is uh, in general in research, not only for screen, is that I think we need to have in mind what is our question. So we need to define exactly the biological question and then design a clear strategy. So with this in mind, then we can go and thinking about now more about functional genomic screening, we can go down and think about the type of screen we want to do. So do we want to go for a pooled screen? Do we want to go for an arrayed screen? In this particular example of today's talk, we are talking about a pooled screen. So we need to take into consideration, of course, uh, cell numbers. We need to take into consideration the amount of the reagents we need, the timing, which is extremely important for pooled screen because this is the readout, as I mentioned before, that is NGS is very much linked to the proliferation of the cells, which in turn it's linked to time. So there are a lot of different technical considerations to take in consideration. And this, of course, needs to be considered at the beginning of the screening. Christina, what, uh, I guess we wouldn't be here if uh, Horizon didn't offer some uh, useful reagents and libraries uh, to, uh, for researchers to, uh, to, to apply uh, these sorts of uh, screens. Uh, what type of reagents and uh, libraries do you offer for screening? Or uh, is there a contract screening service that uh, is available? In Horizon, we do offer different type of reagents for different type of uh, screens. And of course, it depends on the nature of these screens. Yeah. We do offer reagents for arrayed screens. We do yeah. offer reagents as well for pool screen and different type of reagents. What we offer as well is what we call off-the-shelf libraries. So we have a list of uh, different libraries which are composed of um, a given amount of genes that are grouped by biological relevance. We do have, for example, the metabolic library, which have around 5,000 genes that are known to implicate it in different metabolic pathways. We do have the epigenetic libraries. So several of those that customers can cherry pick and can pull together so they can go through a kind of mix and match approach in a way that they're not restricted in running one screen per library, but they can pull them and screen in one go using the libraries of choice. So that's a very nice and versatile approach that we offer. On the other hand, we also offer a service. So when we talk about service, it means that the client in general get in contact with us, explaining us which is uh, the question that they want to address and the yep. type of biological uh, matter they are facing. And then we plan, in general, the screen together. And uh, we, as a scientist in Horizon, we put all our scientific knowledge and all our expertise in this planning. We, of course, agree with the client what's the best strategy and then we run the entire screening from the very beginning to the data analysis in our facilities so we do provide uh, NGS sequencing and of course we analyze those data as well we have a bioinformatic department here and we deliver a final report after this, what happens is that there might be some follow-up studies so one approach could be for example to do follow-up screening in primary cells. This is quite challenging, but it's something we are going to do more and more. And for some programs also, which have been shown to be quite successful for us, we go even beyond the screening part and we go to the target validation. And this is with the main idea of uh, validate the targets that we have found out of that particular screen. 
Very interesting and a very comprehensive set of answers and uh, services that uh, Horizon provides. Uh, that was great. Uh, well, that concludes our uh, podcast, uh, this episode at any rate. Uh, my warm thanks to Christina Girelli, PhD, Senior Leader in Immuno-Oncology in R&D at Horizon Discovery in the UK, and uh, to Horizon Discovery, her employer, for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, and most of all, thanks to you for listening. Uh, we'll have more episodes in this series coming soon. But for now, for everyone at the CRISPR Journal, I'm Kevin Davis, and goodbye. Goodbye.